Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another episode of Ruthless Talk. Well, Brian, we are. it has just been, I want to say, over an hour since Money in the Bank officially went off the air. And here are your boys to hear to talk all about it. As today is not just any pay-per-view review or any type of wrestling review. Nana, as my as a freaking LA Knight would say. This, my friends, is another edition of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Did this show deliver? Did this show suck? Was it ugly? Well, we're about to freaking find out. There is no time to waste. We're going to jump straight into the show. A lot happened in this show. A lot of good, a lot of negative, and pretty much everything as a whole. So, Brian, I'm going to save your thoughts once we get into the show. We're going to dive straight into this thing. There is no time to waste. Let us get into the show. Let us do it. WWE Money in the Bank. July 1st, 2023, live in London, England. Pay-per-view starts off with match number one. We start off with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. But actually, before we get into this first match, I do want to say, and before I speak heavily about this match, and if you guys have seen this pay-per-view, if you guys know what I'm talking about, I am about to go fucking off with this, with this freaking match for justified reasons. But before I do so, I want to give a shout out to the freaking London crowd. Um, that crowd all night was freaking solid. Um, freaking love yeah, these yeah. international crowds and how the energy, they, they just bring that. They just bring the electricity to all these shows. We said the same thing about, you know, the, um, the, the Puerto Rican crowd not too long ago for backlash and London was no freaking different, man. London was no different. So for that, the London crowd gets a good, um, yep, all night, yeah, man, absolutely. was, was pretty darn freaking solid. So there's my first good in the good column. So so I know what you guys are thinking, right? All right, we're off to a good start. The one one tally in the good column, right? Oh boy, think again, man. Think again. And Brian, you may be thinking, you may have a different perspective, but at least for my end, from my point of view, this may turn pretty darn ugly. And again, if you've seen this pay-per-view, if you guys know what I'm talking about, you know, like I said, expect fireworks right about now. So the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We have Ricochet. We have Shinsuke Nakamura. Santos Escobar. Butch. Damian Priest. L.A. Knight. Yeah. And Logan Paul. Um, obviously the match started off, and this was actually really, really cool. A really, really cool start to the match. The match overall was damn freaking fun. It was fun to watch, yeah, as we expected yep. it was going to be. Um, they all surround Logan Paul. All six members surround Logan Paul. Just a six-on-one assault. They just beat the living shit out. He's pretty much the outsider, right? He's the YouTuber. He's like the mega star or whatever. So I do freaking like that shit. They're all just pretty much against Logan. Uh, I like that aspect of, of, of the match there. Um, brawl escalates everywhere. As you guys know, the crowd is heavily behind LA Knight. And obviously, that is where I'm going to go off later. It is be and it relates to freaking LA Knight. But I'm going to get to that in just a second here. Um, Logan is the first one to climb up the ladder. Once again, all six members are just beating the crap out of him. They, again, every, all these people just don't like Logan at all. Uh, Logan is looking for Damian Priest. 
um, to work with him. He's like, Hey, it's like, you're tall. I'm tall. Like, let's work together. Let's, let's get, let, let's, let's get rid of the, let, let's get rid of all these people in this match. Right. Um, they were setting up tables and then, you know, with all that, within a couple seconds, he just gets a right hand. Logan Paul from Damian priest just gets a right hand for, for good measure. Uh, Ricochet had a suicide dive with that was through the ladder. That was pretty darn impressive. Of course, we've seen a bunch of suicide dives, but through the ladder, to kind of sneak your way in there, I don't know. I, I, that that kind of was no, a little yeah, bit eye opening to me. So yeah. shout yeah. out to Ricochet. They, they, hey, man, this is when you want to do the flips and dives. You want to do all that shit. Hey, this is the perfect time to do that, right? So um, Logan Paul hit a frog splash onto Damian Priest onto another ladder. The ladders all night. It's, it, you would think that some of these ladders were going to break. None of them freaking broke um at all it was just like yeah yeah, seriously like just logan paul just slams onto onto priest the ladder doesn't even freaking budge um but yeah man just but still pretty darn freaking solid spot there um butch locks in a chokehold onto escobar ricochet hits a 450 onto both men on top of the ladder um and again the ladder just doesn't want to budge at all uh, LA Knight tips the ladder with Ricochet and Logan Paul on top of the ladder. Both men land onto the top rope. So this is where we get to the end here. So the LA Knight's tipping over the ladder. Both Logan Paul and Ricochet land on top of the ladder or, or on top of the uh, on the top rope. And they legit just they just catapult themselves because they already knew that they were falling. Like they were falling and bumbling and stumbling. Ricochet's like, hey, let's just let's just es- let's just catapult ourselves through this fucking table. And that's what they did. And dude, yeah, I legit I don't know if you I don't know if you had the same thought. I thought legit Ricochet broke his neck. The way he freaking landed on the table, bro. If you if you guys go back and watch it, I mean that was a pretty nasty freaking fall. Immediately, you could see the ref and, and, and some people are checking on Logan and Ricochet. Thankfully, yeah. um, it's the, yeah. that was the first thing I said. I was like, "Oh my God, somebody check him, please!" Because that that was freaking that looked gruesome, man. That looked really, really freaking gruesome. Um, and that pretty much took both of those dudes out of the equation um, for the rest of this match. L.A. Knight. So he starts taking out everybody. He takes out Escobar. He takes out Butch. He takes out Priest for the time being. He climbs up the ladder, and I'm thinking, here it is, man. L.A. Knight, this is this is his freaking moment where he grabs that freaking briefcase. This is his calling card right here. Nah, nah. Unfortunately, guys, nah, nah. Um, Damian Priest interferes. He climbs up the freaking the, the ladder, delivers a suplex to L.A. Knight. Damian Priest climbs up the ladder, retrieves the briefcase. And guys, I shit you not, Damian Priest is your new or is now Mr. Money in the bank. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Brian, before I'm going to save it, I'm going to save it. I'm going to, con- I'm going to control myself here, but Brian, I'll have you start off. I did a lot of talking to start this show. Your thoughts on this, uh, this first match in the night, your thoughts on this ladder match, my man, your, the floor is yours. Take it away. I thought the, the match was good, man. Um, you know, absolutely throughout, uh, you know, everybody absolutely. had, you know, a, a spot or two and, you know, for the most part, they all, they all nailed it. Um, all, all look good. Uh, even that spot you were talking about with, uh, Paul and Ricochet. Um, yeah, I mean that, that was close, but kudos to both of them. And, you know, I would say maybe a little more Ricochet kind of leading it, but like, yeah, and they were kind of wavering. I mean, he, it looked like he just made the decision to go at the last second and, Man, they barely made it, but, (laughs) 
thank thank God nobody got hurt. But um, yeah, that that was a. I don't I don't know exactly what they were going for there, other than you know I think they were trying to just like you know be catapulted up and catch. Yeah, it seemed like they called an audible because it. It seemed like they called an audible because it's it, it, they maybe yeah. the, the maybe the plan was to have them legit go over the top rope and then all of a sudden they get stuck on the top rope and they were like shoot hey let's just just fuck it let's just go through this freaking table spot you know what I mean <laughs> right. unless the spot was for them to go through the table as they were on the ladder and I guess that got well, botched and they I called think, an audible yeah, I think the spot was definitely for them to go through the the tables but yeah yeah mm-hmm. anyway it, you know. No harm, no foul. Nobody got injured. Yeah, thankfully, um, yeah. You know, while I am with you, man, I, I thought this, you know, gosh, I, I wish it was L.A. Knight. I, I feel it should have been L.A. Knight, you know, top choice. Um, again, you hear the crowd out there. I mean, literally any time the man did anything, like not just his entrance, but any time he started the climb or pulled somebody down from climbing, I mean, any time – the man did anything throughout the show. You heard the pop of the crowd, man. And, um, you know, uh, he didn't win. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I'm okay with Damien winning. I, I'm not, I, I'm not, cause I, I also like the aspect and the story they could tell within the, um, judgment day with, with, uh, Finn. And, you know, I had mentioned earlier a couple weeks ago, like if, you know, we'll see later if it, you know, can Finn beat, um, Seth Rollins, but, you know, there's a way here with Finn going after the title and, and Priest in the Money in the Bank match, and now he does win Money in the Bank, um, that there there could be a really good story here. So, yeah, I would have preferred LA Knight. Um, interested to see where, you know, uh, Monday or uh, I guess SmackDown uh, next, thir- or next Friday, um, you know, kind of what, where, what avenue he's going to be going down. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm Priest was my second choice. I, I don't hate it, but I, I would have much preferred LA Knight. But overall, that being said, the match was good. Um, you know, like I said, everybody hit their spots. It was had some some good like suspenseful moments in it. So I thought it was a good good start to the show, man. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So before I say anything else, no doubt the match was very entertaining. Um, Props to everybody in there. Seriously, like I'm being like genuine. I'm being like legit, genuinely serious. Um, Very entertaining stuff from Ricochet. Again, this is where you showcase Ricochet as the high flyer that he is. Everyone else, even Logan Paul, like playing his role as being the hated person in the match. Again, everything solid stuff. But here's again, but here's the thing, Brian. I said this a couple, like, actually, I want to say two weeks ago, LA Knight or bust, right? And I'm sticking to that now. This, guys, was the biggest booking botch probably since WrestleMania of this year. And I'm not kidding. And that's being fucking gen. And and that's legit putting it nicely, putting it really, really generous. Um, What are we doing? How do you make that decision? You've been hearing this crowd for weeks, months, and you don't give LA Knight the rocket. Why? Because you're petty? Because this dude made a name for himself outside of this company? Fuck off. I, I, guys, I am, I, I'm done. 
listen, and ultimately, Damian Priest, even within WWE, they see Damian Priest as a future champion. And listen, yeah, I don't know look, that they see see LA Knight that way. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no question. Damian Priest, listen, I like Damian. We all like Damian. We want to see what's best for Damian. But there comes a time where you have to read the fucking room. Yeah. And this company either doesn't want to do it or they're that fucking clueless. How do you make that decision to not make LA Knight win this freaking match? How? I, I really want to know. Because I I I'm telling you guys right now, even though the, the London crowd was great all night, there was a point going into the to the next match, which was the women's t- tag title match, where this crowd was still baffled from the start of the show. Legit, guys, go back and freaking watch it because the decision is that fucking horrible. And I feel and I feel bad for saying that because I feel bad because this match overall was freaking fun, but it was a boneheaded fucking decision to have a guy that, without the machine behind him. To be so over with this crowd, with this freaking gimmick, and you and and time and time again, you say fuck you every time to to L.A. Knight to us the fans. It is ridiculous. I like Damian Priest, but you cannot tell me that Damian Priest holding onto this freaking briefcase is that much more exciting. Would have that much more buzz than L.A. Knight fucking holding it. I, I mean, how many times is this gonna is this dude gonna take a devastating loss after a devastating loss and just be like, like where does he go from here? I mean, great for Damian Priest, but what the fuck about LA Knight, guys? What are we doing? I, I, I just and, and listen, I, and, and you know what people are gonna say too, Brian? Oh, this is freaking Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon doesn't want to push LA Knight. This is all Vince McMahon. No, motherfucker. This is also freaking Triple H. I am sick of this fucking wrestling community freaking defending this big nose, freaking bitch ass, freaking big nose fuck every freaking time. This dude, how many times does this dude have to come in front of a camera? in a press conference to say, I made this decision. I made this decision. I made the decision at WrestleMania to where we hold this fucking dude accountable for once. Is Vince McMahon a part of this, a part of this process? No question about it. But Triple H, I have said this for so, so many times. Triple H is not, if he's been doing that filthy, if people feel that so sorry for him, why can't this dude fucking just stand up for himself? And like, it, what, I mean, how many times is this dude going to be done filthy to the point where y- you do something about it? Shane McMahon did it three times. I, somebody fucking makes sense of it. I, I'm just, bro, th- these are dudes that th- they've gotten over so naturally. And this company is so fucking petty because they didn't mold them. They didn't, they're not under the regime. And it's fucking bullshit. It's ridiculous. Where does LA Knight go from here, guys? Th- this was his moment. Yes, we like Damian Priest. It could be fun, absolutely, with the briefcase. But there comes a point in time where you know that this is where this is a booking decision you have to make. And the booking decision was for LA Knight to fucking go over tonight. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. You know? I, 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 that's and you know what? And I'm gonna make my tally right now. 
because and I'll and I'll get to your tally, Brian, in just a second. Guys, this is not just getting one ugly. No, no, no. This is not getting two uglies. Well, damn. That's three freaking <laughs> uglies. Oh, Brian, I'm not I, I'm not playing around. That that is freaking ridiculous. Um, I, it's just like guys, I, I don't understand. Like, if you want to tell a story with Damian Priest and Finn. That's great. Seriously, that's that's awesome. Why does a briefcase need to be involved? Like, can can somebody understand me? Like, what the fuck type of sense that makes? I, I don't understand it, bro. Like, oh, I, 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 I'm sweating already. We're not even freaking twenty minutes in. Holy shit. Oh man, Brian, your 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 final tally and stuff before we get into this uh, to this next match to this so next maybe match. Maybe it's it's just because you know I'm I'm from Gen X generation, man. I mean, I, I could see the writing on the wall for this a mile away. It's like the uh, the old adage, you know, like you know the generation previous to me was, you know, you just work hard and you'll make it. Well, you get to a point where you realize, yeah, that's total bullshit. Um, <laughs> so. You know, this thing with L.A. Knight, man, I mean, yeah, he, he's getting, you know, he, he's getting over for, with the crowd. It's the same thing we saw with Daniel Bryan, um, arguably to some degree with AJ Styles. Yeah, it's people that they didn't make. Uh, they weren't necessarily looking at as the face or the champion or, or whatever. Um, so, well, you know, I, I think the right call would have had been him to win. Um, it should have been his, it, you know, I, I <laughs> this is what WWE does, man. So, I mean, it doesn't shock me. Um, and with that, with Damien winning, um, I, you know, I really, it, it's one of those things like if not LA night, then yeah, I'm totally cool with Damien priest winning it. Cause, um, I, I think there is a good story, uh, there to be told with, with, uh, judgment day and, you know, Finn feuding with, with uh, Seth, and now, you know, um, Damian Priest has a, a shot whenever he wants. Um, so, yeah, that that's going to be, uh, you know, a really interesting story to play out, too. So, for me, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to put it in the good for me. Um, I would have rather see it turned out different, but, yeah, I, I'm okay with Priest. Um, so, I got two goods right now, one for the crowd as well, because, yeah. Um, I'll give a shout out to them as well. Like any man, it's been Puerto Rico, Saudi, now London. I mean, man, these crowds are, they're showing up, man. And it's freaking awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, shout out, shout out to that London crowd. Uh, they, they were awesome all night. Um, again, they t <laughs> there was a segment, you know, later on the night talking about WrestleMania in London. You know, we're going to get to that in, in, in just a few moments too. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, if that's what you're going to give me for a money in the bank show. But yeah, man, look, I, I understand, Brian, that there's some there could be some good that could come out of it. I, I completely get it. But I just don't understand how you can have a dude that's that over that has that much momentum and, and you throw it all away because why? Because he's just not under the regime of the character. This was his match to win, man. I'm sorry. Because you know what we're going to talk? You know what people are going to talk about, Brian? They're not going to talk about Damian Priest holding this briefcase. They're going to talk about LA Knight. Why the fuck did he not win this match? I'm telling you. I am already came across freaking Twitter with to wrestling fans. And they are already going berserk about the fact that LA Knight did not win this match. Because 
this dude was the right person to freaking win. We like Damian Priest. I, I understand that. I, I, I truly get it. But him, I, I'll be honest with you, Brian, him holding on to this briefcase does nothing for me. I'm sorry. It just frick, it just doesn't. Okay. He can tell he can do he can tell a great story with Finn Balor, and I'm sure that they can make it work. Absolutely. But this was LA night or freaking bust. I stand by that two weeks ago, and I stand by that freaking now. This is a major booking freaking botch that this freaking company needs to understand of what the fuck they, that they just did tonight. And it's it's ridiculous. And, and and once again, man, Triple H is going to continue to freaking is going to continue to fucking get away with it because it's just going to be Triple H. You know, all the time you hear freaking Vince McMahon. Oh, Vince McMahon is making changes. He's making changes to SmackDown. He's making changes to Raw. He's writing up scripts and all this fucking bullshit. Every fucking show. That's what we're going to get every single freaking week. When Triple H, time and time, he keeps telling you how many times he's in part of creative, how many times he's made these types of decisions, how many times he had full control over a show. Every freaking time. Right? And, and, and it's just, again, man, you know, people want to just pander on to black and gold NXT. When this dude, ever since he became part of creative, he is no freaking better than Vince McMahon. What is this dude... What has this dude done for LA Knight? Okay, he gave him his name back. Okay, great. And he, he gave him his name back and say, go sit on the sidelines, kid. Like you're done. Like go go sit on the sidelines while my my people freaking win championship after big victory after big victory and championship after championship. Fuck that, man. That is fucking horseshit. And I'm and I'm sorry. If, if somebody has to say it, and and De and Brian. Even though we're, we're 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 we have two different perspectives here, I completely understand where you're coming from because yeah. the match was damn solid, and I want to praise this match so much. But the outcome of this just outweighed so much just BS of what was good in this ladder match. Um, so yeah, man, th this was I, I just I don't understand. I I really don't. It it, it leaves me speechless. It's like it, I I sometimes think I've seen it all. I thought I saw it all with freaking Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania and not even freaking how, how long has it been now? Freaking April, May, June, July, freaking four months later. And, and they once, and they've made the second biggest booking botch of this fucking calendar year. Unbelievable, man. Enough about that. Cause the more I talk about that, the more I want to freaking slam my head through this fucking microphone. Let's move on up next. So second note. So let me just give you a taste of my board here. So, I understand, guys, if I come across as an asshole, I don't care, man. I will be the freaking asshole. Trust trust me, bro. Like, it does not phase me. If you want to, you know what I'm saying? So, but somebody has to freaking say it. So as of right now, one match in, you know, you had the London crowd, which was awesome. They got their goods. But I'm sorry, man. That outcome of this match just took the, just took the energy and the electricity going into the second match, by the way. And that's why I feel so bad for these two women, because... The crowd was just still trying to comprehend of the boneheaded fucking decision that was giving Damian Priest this freaking briefcase. Um, so I feel bad in regards to that. But speaking of this women's tag title match, let, let us jump straight into that. So this was Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus your tag champs, uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Um, and again, I don't really have much of these notes because again, I was still just trying to comprehend of all the freaking shit <laughs> that happened in this first match. So I barely even have any notes of this, but, um, and again, guys, don't take my word for it. Go back and watch yourself. The beginning of this match, like 
the crowd, at least like the crowd, the energy wise was just dumbed down a few notches, man. It just was. The wind was sucked out of that crowd when LA Knight, I mean, you heard the eruption with LA Knight. As soon as he came out there, every time he delivered a move, every time he came onto the scene, that was the fucking moment. And it was sucked out of them for a good portion of it. Just just a little decent portion of it. And then they got back into it, you know, later on the show. And we'll get into that portion of the show when we get to that. Um, but, you know, when it's all said and done, I mean, listen, this was a traditional, you know, women's tag that we've seen before on a Monday Night Raw. A decent tag. I mean, yeah. for Ronda Rousey standards, I guess, you know, so many people have shit on Ronda Rousey, you know, at times for justified reasons, because she has not been she has not been good, you know, when it comes to, you know, believability and freaking selling and all that stuff. So trust me, I hear where people are coming from. So in those type of standards, I mean, I mean, a decent tag match, what I would have seen this on a Monday Night Raw, you know, the same way I would see it on a pay-per-view. Is it that same type of feel? Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, guys, so when it's all said and done, Shayna Baszler attacks Ronda Rousey from behind. She puts her in the Kimura and pretty much just chokes her out. Uh, Liv Morgan wins the match via Oblivion as, you know, Shayna Baszler, she hightails it up the ramp. Um, like I said, Liv Morgan wins the match via Oblivion, pinning Ronda Rousey. And Liv and Raquel Rodriguez win back their WWE women's tag titles. Wow. I, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, definitely came out of left field. I remember, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> trying to trying guys to take notes. And I look up and I was like, wow, freaking Shayna Baszler just freaking... The snap of a finger is just choking Ronda Rousey out. So definitely, definitely came out of left field with that one. I'm sure not a lot of people expected that. Uh, but Brian, I'll, I'll send this off to you, man. Your thoughts on this women's tag match. Um, you know, we've seen all these women in numerous, whether it's singles or tag matches. And, and it's, you know, we've seen numerous ones look ugly and just botched. So for this one, I'll, I'll, it was actually pretty damn good, man. Um, I mean, it flowed like all of them. Um, it, you know, for the amount of times we've seen just these four women in the ring and, you know, whether it's just, it's, it's bad nights or, or mistiming or, or whatever it is. Um, but this match in particular, uh, they, they really all, they look good, man. And, you know, while I, I really didn't see this come in and I, I would have preferred like a longer run with, um, you know, Shayna and Rhonda. And I'm not really sold on Liv and Raquel as the champions, but coming out of this with the the bigger story being now the feud that's going to be uh, Shayna and Ronda, fuck yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be down for that. So, like, ultimately, um, yeah, I was okay with it, man. I, I thought they all performed well. The the turn, while it was definitely unexpected, um, I, I think could be really really good. So. Uh, again, I'm going to give that match a good as well. Or, yeah, that match a good uh, as well, man. So, yeah, I didn't mind it. So here, here's what here's what I'll say. Um, I'm going to give two tallies for this, and 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 I'll start and I'll and I will put a good for this. Um, and this and again and God, I'm being generous, man. I really am being generous. I will give a good for the t- mostly for the turn. Um, cause of how yeah, unexpected yeah. it was and what potentially it could lead to, um, the match, I, I can honestly take it or leave it. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. However, I'm going to give another tally and that's another ugly. 
And I'm going to tell you why. Flip-flopping or playing hot potato with these titles. Because here's the thing, Brian. And I know a lot of people are, gonna, are not going to say this, but that's why I'm here. If you are going to do this turn, right? Didn't they just have a title unification match with Alba Fire and Isla Dawn? So if that's the case, why the fuck did they win those titles? Why not just give the titles to Alba Fire and Isla Dawn? A tag team that we've been praising that they should be giving the rocket to. So you fuck that up. And you give it to a team with Liv and Raquel that are not even a fucking team. (laughs) Bro, like they win these titles back. Okay, golf clap. I like Liv Morgan a lot, guys. I really do. How many times, Brian, have I praised Liv Morgan on this show? Because she's freaking talented. But she's got, like, enough of these freaking, like, these tag teams, man, are just weighing her down. I'm sorry. I could give a single fuck about her being in a team with Raquel. I'm sorry. And you sure. and you give them the titles back, but you don't want to give them to Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. So if you were going to do the turn, so you're playing hot potato with these titles. Oh, you just won all the gold from freaking, from the title unification match. And not even a week or two later... They fucking lose it. So let's yeah. just fuck it. Let's, let, let, let's just have Liv and Raquel freaking lose it to, I don't know, Sonya and Chelsea. Fuck it. The next week, we'll freaking have them lose it to, I don't know, freaking bring Dana Brooke back over to NXT, have her team with fucking Natalia. Bring her back over and lose it again, Brian. How's that sound? You know? Right. It's just like, what are we doing? I, I like the turn. I, and that's why I'm upset that I got to speak this way. I like it, but why did it have to. Why did we have to play hot potato with these titles to get there? Just put the title on Alba Fire and Isla Dawn then, if that was your plan. You know, I don't fucking get it. And that's what I mean about this team with Ronda and Shayna. I like Ronda and Shayna. I think as a duo, they could have done freaking wonders. And you can tell a story in turning on them without those fucking titles. And and like nothing makes sense. You're just throwing these titles from one team to another. You're throwing one, you're throwing one person and another person in a team. It's just, it's a, it's a fucking clusterfuck, man. It it really is. The turn, like it because it was very unexpected. I like that. That's why it's good. That's why I got a good in that good column. But as far as everything else, man, and how everything else in regards to the title, the tag title situation, regardless of how we feel about it, regardless if we're, we just don't care about it anymore, doesn't matter. Like, these are your titles. You need to start, you know, booking them as prestigious and doing this hot potato shit is not, it's, it's not going to cut it. And that's why it gets a freaking ugly. I'm sorry. And, to, and, and on top of that, the fact that to me, and again, just going back and watching it, guys, from the crowd, I, I mean, I see them in the background how they hardly were by at least a good portion of the match until pretty much Shayna Baszler um, hooked the Kimura onto Rousey because it was like, oh God, what what happened there? The shock factor, (laughs) which I like. But but outside of that, nobody gave a fuck about the match. Nobody fucking did. It's another match too that I could have just seen on a Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. I don't care if I'm an asshole when I say that, guys. I'm just being honest. Um... So yeah, so th- those are th- that's my take in in regards to that. But you know, and I feel bad for these women because the match 
I mean, there was nothing bad about the match. It's just that, to me, watching the crowd and seeing their reactions, hardly for 90% of it, nobody gave a fuck. You know, because of the booking, the biggest boneheaded fucking booking botch from the start of the night. You know, it's just, it's just little things like that, man. It's just, it's just, it's not so minor, at least to me. Um, If people disagree, they can disagree. I I don't care. I I really don't care at all. Um, So, but yeah, man. So Brian, your final thoughts before we get into this, uh, this third match here. Um, you know, just really interested to see how this feud is going to play out between Ronda yeah. and, and Shayna. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it should uh, definitely go at least till SummerSlam. So, um, yeah, the, the, like those two uh, in a feud, yeah, that, that's money. Um, as far as the tag team women's division, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I would expect... <laughs> I don't know, like, shit, like, they could hold on to the tag team titles up until the Rumble, or it could change hands, like, two more times in between then. You know, who knows? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So, well, let us dive in and get straight into this third match here. I'm sure we'll we'll talk a lot about, um, I'm sure, this, this potential feud, because, again, you know, after everything I mentioned in regards to these women's tag titles, there's definitely potential... Um, of where it can go definitely was unexpected, which, you know, you don't really see a whole lot of that, you know, in, in this company in regards to not seeing something coming from a mile away. Cause I know Brian, I mean, we were watching SmackDown, you know, just last night. Um, and you know, there was, I think there was legit a segment where we pretty much called everything out as yeah. before it even happened. <laughs> I think that was the whole, the Grayson Waller effect segment. Like we knew everybody yeah. was going to come out, say some words and everyone was just going to fight and brawl. And it was going to lead to an impromptu match, you know? So in that aspect, I like that. Um, Shayna Baszler, it's just that, I don't know, man. It's just, I feel like you could have done more building up as well towards the turn. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just like, you know, like the bloodline, for example, right? You know, I, I, and I have to make comparisons to it. Like all the turns when it comes to Jimmy, the turn with Sami Zayn, the turn with Jey Uso, there was build and suspense like, oh, snap, like, you know, when's the turn going to happen? We know it's going to happen, but when is it going to happen? How are they going to do it? And right. with Shayna, like, okay, good shock factor. It happens, but like, I wish there could have been more substance into it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, I, I just always feel like things Maybe could just always be Brock better. Lesnar's doing and just, just beat her ass, but never really say why. <laughs> <laughs> right that's imagine if they do that brian like Shayna baszler next or like on raw she'll like you know she won't even freaking explain why she's even attacking ronda rousey or whatever she's just gonna right. just continue to beat up ronda rousey or something or vice versa they might just hell they're both badass women they might just the whole feud is just them beating the shit out of one another with no explanation <laughs> yeah man oh man but yeah we hey we kid we kid you know all right so hey we gotta have fun sometimes on on these platforms you know what i'm saying all right, y'all. So next match, this was for the Intercontinental Championship. This was Matt Riddle versus your IC champion, Gunther. Uh, match time and length was eight minutes uh, in total. Uh, Gunther in this match was just slapping Riddle around like he's just his freaking bitch. Just slapping him around. I like the physicality in that part of that aspect there. Um, Riddle hits the floating bro. Gunther kicks out at uh, two and nine tenths. 
Gunther ends up winning this match via an ankle lock as Riddle taps out immediately as Gunther wins this match. Obviously, obviously right call. You're not going to have Gunther lose his freaking championship at a Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yeah, it's not happening, sir. A- absolutely yeah. not. Um, however, post-match, Drew McIntyre makes his return. He makes his return. He confronts Gunther in the middle of the ring. He ends up, he gives a devastating headbutt or that Glasgow kiss to Gunther and hits him with the Claymore. And Drew holds up the title, the IC title, as he stands tall over Gunther, pretty much sending the message that he is coming after him and his Intercontinental Championship. Brian, your thoughts, my man, on this IC match and Drew McIntyre's big return tonight? Uh, match was fine. Um, yeah, right call. Gunter went in. Um, and in typical Gunter faction, fashion, you know, just, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you want to talk about, you know, as much as we see, you know, the, the chop exchange and just people doing just excessive amounts of chops in the wrestling industry. Dude, Gunter may have, well, no, I'm sure I, there's, there's for sure a Samoan out there that has one harder, but... <laughs> He's he's probably number two on the list, man. They're just oh my god. Um, so yeah, good match. Uh, he also has one of the best, just you know, presentations and introductions and entrances in in wrestling right now too, man. I mean, just the whole the whole package with Gunther, man. Everything is yeah, man. He's he's reaching the the pinnacle of absolutely. Of, wrestling mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. um so yeah that being said and then drew comes out uh yeah exciting return um you know i i had posted something earlier in the day because uh, i had seen something about maybe randy orton returning um he didn't return but mcintyre did so and and he goes after gunther so um you know obviously we're getting a few there which no doubt that's that's going to be money too um so yeah, all in all, I mean, I, I liked everything about that too. You know, the match was fine; it wasn't great. Uh, I knew Gunter was going to win, and yeah, uh, uh, McIntyre coming out at the end and setting up that feud. Yeah, yeah, really good, man. Yeah. Um. So here, here's what I'll say. Of course, like I mentioned, um, you know, Gunther winning this match was the right call. Um, you, you can't have him lose to Matt Riddle. I'm sorry, no possible way that can happen. Right. Um, Drew McIntyre. Eh, it was good to see Drew McIntyre. It actually, it really was. Um, he got the nice pop, you know, and everything, you know, coming back and everything. It's good to see him, you know, and now it seems like he's going to face Gunther probably at SummerSlam for this IC title. Here's where I have a problem with that, Brian. I know, guys. I know. I have a. I, I know. Oh, James, you're complaining too much, man. Just enjoy the show, guys. I don't care <laughs> if you get upset. I don't care. Here's what here's what I here's what I have, Brian, for you. Okay, I look. It was good to see Drew. It, it really was. Um, why is a babyface, and why is he going after a mid card title? He has. He's been back. He's been gone for about how long? I want to say, Brian, about six six to some odd months. No, I think it was just since Mania, or, right? He was at Mania, or is it Mania, or maybe? Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch. Maybe like four months. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. Four to five months. Sorry. It, fe- it's, it feels like longer than that. I don't know why, but you, he comes back and looks, he got a great pop from the crowd. Do I, do we expect that same reaction 
when he goes back to the States on, on, on SmackDown or Raw? To me, I, I don't think so. And, and, that's, see, and that's my problem. It's the same Drew McIntyre. He's going to get the same, the same booking as a babyface. What, what's what's going to be different? You know, I, and I, again, I stuck, I stick by this because I mentioned this not too long ago. Drew McIntyre had to come back as a heel. He had to come back as a heel to confront Seth and just make his return, you know, just freaking, you know, like, again, the shock factor of like the heel, the heel aspect of it. Yeah, it was good to see Drew, but he's going to go after Gunther. They're going to face each other in a match. Okay, I'm sure it's going to be physical and it's going to be damn fun. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be. But we saw these two beat the shit out of one another at WrestleMania. <laughs> so what's going to be different that we didn't see at WrestleMania? You just take out Sheamus and you put in Gunther. Like, why? We're going to get the same booking from Drew. He's not going to feel any. He's not going to feel that much more special moving forward. So this was a perfect opportunity to bring him back as a heel to confront Seth Rollins. If you want to do the Finn Balor and Damian Priest shit, awesome. You can do that. Freaking Drew McIntyre comes back. He makes a freaking statement against Seth. You set up a match at SummerSlam. But now we're doing the same shtick with Drew McIntyre as a babyface. And nothing's going to change. <laughs> He's not going to get the same pop like he did in London. And good for him. He got a nice pop. That's well-deserved. We all love Drew McIntyre. But he's not going to get that moving forward, bro. I like Drew McIntyre, but that's just the honest truth, man. Unless they book him as such. But what? <laughs> as a babyface ever since he was WWE champion a couple years ago, he hasn't felt the same. I mean, Brian, we've spoken about him as a babyface sure. uh, for, for a while now and how... His stock and his momentum in the feel has just gone, has, hasn't gotten better. It's just stayed the same. Mm -hmm. And to me, I just expect a similar process here. So uh, it's just, I don't, I just don't get it, man. I, I, it's like, he's been gone for four to five months and it's just like, okay, he comes back to a genuine, nice little reaction to confront a guy that he already had a brutal physical match with for 15 plus minutes. I, I, for for a mid-card title, like, why does he need to go after a mid-card title? You know, I said that even going into WrestleMania doesn't doesn't make sense. And I'm saying that now. Um, so, look, it was good to see Drew. It really was. Um, but, again, man, just WWE just, I don't understand long-term of what this is going to accomplish with Gunther. Besides a great physical match, which is going to be entertaining... But outside of that, like, what are we, what are we doing here? You know, and, and who knows? Maybe the match itself at SummerSlam could just save everything, you know. But still, I, I don't want to lower my bar, Brian, to just accept the fact. Well, all the match is going to be great, you know. It's just, it, I mean, I had a lot of cool high expectations, and you know, cool ways that you can bring back Drew McIntyre because he needs it. He needs a cleanse. He needs something different. And to me, money in the bank, because he, we knew that he was probably going to return tonight, and he did. And he just comes back as the same babyface character. 
You know, he's going to show up with a sword, Angela. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what, what's going to be different? Well, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Like, yeah, I mean, he just came back in, like, jeans and whatever. So, I mean, at least he, he lost, like, the sword and the kilt. So, Yeah, I mean, he lost the sword and the kilt. Yeah, so maybe maybe that game, aspect but... is gone. But and, and who knows? Maybe he does turn heel at some point during the future. But to me, again, and, man, it's all about the moments. Like, the moments and the timing. And to me, that the timing was tonight was for him to turn heel, confront Seth Rollins, because you need something different with Drew. You can't keep doing the same freaking thing and having him as this baby face that's not over. Again, with people over in the States, it, it's not going to get him more over than it was when he first won the WWE Championship going after a mid-card title. I don't give a flying fuck, guys, about how good the match is going to be. And trust me, I'm going to enjoy every single minute of his match with Gunther. I am not going to complain. I'm not going to bullshit. I'm going to enjoy it and going to freaking watch it. So for, for people that think that I just bitch and moan for just a bitch and moan and I don't care about good wrestling. No, I do freaking care about wrestling. But what I do care is about shit that's making sense. What I do care about is that these wrestlers giving an actual fuck about these wrestlers and, and making and feeling like they are, are larger than life. And nobody's feeling that way. Sure, did he get a good pop for one night? Sure. But moving forward, it's not going to be the same momentum because it's the same character with the same babyface gimmick going after the same mid-card fucking title at WrestleMania. And that's it, man. So All right, guys. So match number four, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, match time was nine minutes in length. Rhea Ripley, man. Hey. She's freaking looking good, man. Yeah, <laughs> freaking yeah. at ringside, man. Freaking mommy was looking extra freaking spicy, bro. Seriously. Uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, at ringside for, for Dom Dom. Um, you know, Cody Ro or the crowd singing along to Cody Rhodes' theme song. Fucking love that shit. Um, however, the match, man, just, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I had a weird feeling that this match was going to just feel very underwhelming. Um, I don't know. There was just something about this match and then not, nothing that it was, again, nothing that anything was bad about these matches. It, it's just the fact that, again, it's just, it's a big pay-per-view. It's a, it's an overseas international pay-per-view. You just expect that they just, that there's more, you know, especially when it comes right. to Cody, you know, regardless of how the, how WWE poorly booked him at freaking WrestleMania, he's still a pretty, a, a pretty big star in, in this company. So you would think that they had something planned for the match. And then after the match, Cody Rhodes just beats Dominic straight up with the crossroads and that's it. Unless maybe Brock Lesnar. Now I know we talked about with Brock and how maybe how uh, he's probably going to, once he's going to show up and beat up freaking Cody with no explanation. <laughs> right. Um, so maybe that happens on Monday night raw on Monday, probably who knows, but um, I don't know, man. I, I just, from start to finish, man, it just didn't feel pay-per-view worthy to me. And it sucks because I like Cody. The The dude is, even with the poor booking that he's had since WrestleMania, the crowd still freaking loves him. Dominic Mysterio has done wonders with this with this Judgment Day shtick and getting heel heat. And I've, I, I like these two a lot, but this match, man, just just didn't do nothing for me. Um, I'm just going to be completely, I just felt like another match on a Monday night raw or any other weekly show. And that's, that's pretty much it. And that's pretty much where it ends, at least for me. So, uh, Brian, I'll have you, I'll, I'll have you, uh, give your thoughts, man, your thoughts about Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. 
Yeah, I felt pretty much the same way, man. Um, there, I mean, there wasn't anything special about this match, and, and and I felt going into it like, yeah, the only way this makes sense at all is if Brock, you know, does come back and attacks Cody or something like that because, you know, the match was fine. There was nothing wrong with the match. They they both did did yeah. well. Yeah, no, that was um, right. Yeah, but as far as like Cody's story and hard times, like this doesn't fit at all. Like, like <laughs> if, if you're talking about Cody facing hard times to get back to Roman or through Roman, well, you just gave him a cupcake here in Dominic. So it, it, I don't know how, without an attack from Brock or something, how you make that a hard time story yeah. with Cody. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, was it was a good experience for Dom in there with Cody again, and just you know, at a pay per view event and and whatever? Yeah, sure. And and Dom did fine. I mean, he's he's performing well. Um, it just the story just kind of just feels like it was just th- thrown in there. Uh, yeah. So that's how it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is actually my first bad of the night, and it's it's really not because of the match. It's just because. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there was no interference. Brock didn't come back. It was just a straight-up win by Cody. It adds nothing to Cody's story, and it really yeah. doesn't do anything for Dom. Um, yeah, so, for Dom, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. Finally, we're agreeing on something, Brian, today. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but any, no, but well, 100, 100%, man. No, you're, you're, you're straight on the money, man. You know, and, that, and that's another thing I forgot to mention, especially with, uh, with, with Dominic, uh, and how it just, it, yeah, he lost the match. And it's just like, okay, well, now where does Dominic go from here? As well with the rest of the Judgment Day. Um, you know, so it's just it's just weird, man. It, it's just really, really weird in, in regards to that aspect of the booking process. Um, and, yeah, with Cody, it's just, you know, we expect Brock Lesnar to probably show up at, at Monday Night Raw, probably beat the sh- living shit out of him um, with an explanation. Who freaking knows? Um, but, yeah, man, just... It just it didn't do anything like like you mentioned, man, and, and like I said earlier, it, it didn't do anything for me. And it's just again, I was just expecting more. And like you said, it had nothing to do with the match at all. It was just yeah. just didn't feel pay per view worthy at all. So I'm gonna reveal my tallies as of right now. So far, I got two in the good. I got two in the bad. That extra bad is because of course you got of course guys that Cody Rhodes. And Dominic Mysterio match. And yes, guys, your, your, your eyes are not deceiving you. That is legit five uglies that I have um, in, in this tally. Three of them were from the just the massive boneheaded booking botch from the men's ladder match. Um, and how just ridiculous and how utter bullshit that that decision was not to give the title or give the briefcase uh, to freaking LA Knight. So that is where I'm at. Um, clearly, it was all, you know, obviously me and Brian have two different perspectives, but hey. You know, at the end of the day as well, and look, I, I know I may come across as an asshole. I may come across as a freaking, as a mean person. But guys, like, again, I just, I, I care about these wrestlers' reputations and I care, and I'm not going to lower, I'm just not, I'm just not a guy. And I've, and I've always been this way. I never like lowering the bar or lowering the standards, man. I'm not going to have sympathy, sympathy for a billion dollar conglomerate company. I- I'm just not because what we're getting, what we've gotten with the bloodline, like that's what we should be feeling with the rest of these wrestlers or at sure. least something close to that extent. 
And yeah. we're just not getting that. You know, are people over? Do we like certain wrestlers? Sure. But the machine is just not behind anything that doesn't have to do any, that's not related with the bloodline. And that's just, that's just the fact, man. So, so that's what my board is looking right now. Um, but let us dive into this next segment. Now, this is not, and before we get into our next match, uh, John Cena made his, made his return tonight. John Cena returns his music and all he hits the ring. Um, you know, he's firing up the crowd. He's doing his shtick for the most part. Um, you know, obviously I was expecting the whole night. I'm like, all right, well, something has to happen here. You know, Cena's kind of just doing a shtick. He kind of hyped up the fact that, oh, like we should have WrestleMania in London, which I would not be, I would not, you know, I would love to freaking see that yeah. shit, to be honest with you. A London yep. crowd for, for WrestleMania? Hell freaking yeah, man. That would be pretty freaking cool. And that would have to be at Wembley. So yeah, absolutely. At Wembley, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, he's hyping up the crowd. He's doing the, the Cena shtick. And Grayson Waller comes out, you know, his music hits and everything. He gets a shut the fuck up chant from London. I mean, these dudes were just freaking London crowd was just on his ass. Uh, and props to Grayson, too. I mean, Grayson kind of just took it all like a champ. It didn't phase yeah, him at all. He, like, he just kept doing his it. thing. Yeah, seriously. Like it, the moment did not phase him at all. So props yep. to, to props to Grayson for that. Um, you know, so he's Grayson Waller says, you know, instead of London, you know, we should go somewhere that's beautiful. Nice weather, beautiful, sexy women in bikinis. It should be in Australia. <laughs> Freaking booze start pouring down from the London crowd. So they have this talk about, oh, it should be in Australia. It should be in London. Um, and then Cena goes to walk away. He's like, nah, man, I'm not on board with that or something along those lines. He goes to walk away. Grayson Waller, like, he puts his hand in front of him. He's like, oh, like, don't you disrespect me or don't disrespect the Grayson Waller effect. Um, and then this leads... Uh, for Grayson Waller to attack John Cena from behind. And then John Cena, within seconds, delivers an AA to Grayson Waller. Cena's music hits. He walks up the rampway, and the segment ends. Um, I'm gonna, I'll just put my tally, man. Um, I'm going to give that – I'll give that a good. Um, it was good to see John Cena. It, it really was. This segment was no harm, no foul at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I actually – again, this is – it was like I said. It was good to see John Cena. I had no problem with the segment. Again, this was a segment that you know, I, and I understand if people may not be on board with the fact that oh, Grayson Waller was just out there to look like a clown and get embarrassed. But I, I don't think it was to that extent, man. I, I, I didn't really get that vibe from it at all. Um, in, in regards in regards to that, but uh, but yeah, man. Uh, no harm, no foul in regards to the segment. Uh, good to see Cena. I'm guessing they're gonna set something up for him. For SummerSlam, I mean, SummerSlam is coming up yeah. and it's a big pay-per-view or, or was this just a one-time thing with the London crowd? I mean, I think he, Cena did mention the fact that this was the first uh, premium live event in London in over 20 some odd years. So maybe they wanted to make the yeah. moment special by having Cena there. Um, does he have a match at, at, at SummerSlam? Who knows? Um, but yeah, man, so no, no harm, no foul. But I didn't mind the segment at all. Um, and with Grayson, you know, Grayson got a little bit of shine in, in, in a big moment. Um, you know, you know, he took the AA, which we expected him to, um, and hopefully, and Hey, and now he's, I mean, he's taken bumps and he's been injured. We've yeah. been hearing that he's injured. So maybe this is a, um, you know, a, a sign that, you know, maybe he's finally that, you know, WWE might finally put him in some stuff. We've been wanting him to do that or this company to do that for so long now. So maybe that's a sign as well, but, but we'll see, I guess. Um, but Brian, man, your, your thoughts in regards to Cena, Cena's return his his appearance and this entire segment as a whole. 
Um, I mean, I can't really give a, a segment like that. that I, I mean, a, a good, bad, or ugly. I mean, and, and for Cena in particular, it, and I know this is just my personal bias. Like, I, I, I could, you know, couldn't care less if I ever see him again, or he comes back on a Raw or a pay per view or whatever. Um, and, and like, I, I don't, you know, he's on a schedule now. Like, I, I don't think he's coming back unless it's WrestleMania. So, um. You know, maybe we see him, you know, next year or whatever at Mania. Sure. You know, who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, I'll just give a, a shout out to Waller real quick because, yeah, that was um, uh, he kind of showed me something in that promo where, like, the crowd was on him, man. And he just, you know, it, it's like I, I can't remember who who was saying it. Um, you know, I, I know I had mentioned it in a podcast here earlier, you know, a, a couple months ago, but like. Uh, somebody was talking talking about like the art of the promo, you know, and, and you got to listen to the crowd. And sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta talk louder than them. Sometimes you gotta whisper. Sometimes you don't say anything. Um, and he, you know, he was able to turn the crowd around. And that's uh, yeah. If you can see a wrestler do that, you know they have something. And so. Yeah, it's uh, you know I'm excited to see once he's in the ring and you know once he gets going here, who knows when that is. But yeah, just a quick shout out to him on a big stage. Um, you know, not kind of you know, you know, fumbling the ball there. You know, he he did really well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, props to props to Grayson Waller. And like I said, hopefully we see more of Grayson Waller. It seems like now that he's healthy, he's taking bumps. So hopefully yeah. we see more of him and we get to see you know, what this dude is capable of doing um, in the near future. So, but let's move on into our next match. Our next match was the women's money in the bank ladder match. Um, this was Bailey. This was EO Sky. This was Selena Vega, Zoe Starks, Trish Stratus, and the man, Becky Lynch. Um, right from the jump, Becky Lynch, she's making her entrance. Both Zoe Starks and Trish Stratus, they're attacking her up the rampway. Um, you know, they're attacking Becky Lynch, you know, a two on one, pretty much a beat down up on the rampway, at least taking Becky Lynch, you know, at least the beginning of the match out of the equation there. Um, Bailey and EO, you know, they start to take control of the match, you know, damage control the team and everything. So, and, you know, obviously there have been some cracks in the uh, in the damage control, but at least, you know, for the most part, they've been able to, you know, be on the same page and they were pretty dominant for a good portion of this match here. Um, you know, Becky Lynch and Trish, they go blow for blow on the, she fights out of it. She fights, uh, out of the, uh, you know, the little predicament she's got with, with Trish and, uh, and Starks. Um, she hits a manhandle slam to Trish Stratus through the announce table. Yeah. Um, and she, dude, Trish Stratus took it like a fucking champ, man. I mean, that was like, she hit that hard on impact. Like that was like good. Hey, props to Trish, bro. This is a forty some. This is a forty yeah. something year old freaking woman that doesn't even need to be doing this shit, man. And she's taking bumps like that. Hey, more more props to freaking Trish, man. Seriously, that was awesome. Um, the move of the night, the the highlight of the night, you know, outside of that was Selena Vega hitting a code red to Zoe Starks from the top of the ladder. Onto another freaking ladder. That freaking yep. spot was freaking badass. Shout out to Selena Vega for that freaking spot there. Um, EO looks to win the match as now EO is climbing up the ladder. Bailey pushes EO Sky off of the ladder. So freaking Bailey's like, oh, like I didn't want to have to do that, but screw it. I'm freaking, 
you know, I'm freaking, I'm freaking Bailey. Like I'm the star here. Like I'm going to freaking, you know, EO sky. Like she's just my freaking, you know, in her head, of course, I'm sure she's like, no, this is all about me. Like I need to win this. Uh, I need to win this briefcase. Right. Um, Becky Lynch enters the fray. There was a point where, and I don't have this in my notes. I'm just kind of like remembering off the top of my head. It was like, Becky Lynch had the handcuffs and she was hooking it onto freaking Bailey's mouth as she's like bringing her yeah. all the way back down the ladder um, <laughs> at one point in that spot. Um, so Becky Lynch and Bailey are going at it. EO gets back into this, comes back onto the scene. She handcuffs both Bailey and Becky Lynch onto the ladder. EO is climbing over Bailey. She like stomps on her head as she's climbing over the ladder or going on top of the ladder. And yeah, man, Zoe or uh, EO Sky, she retrieves that briefcase. And EO Sky, guys, is Miss Money in the Bank. She ho hoists that briefcase up high. And Becky Lynch and Bailey, they're just on the freaking, they're just on the ladder handcuffed, just like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> I love this. I just, I thought the visual and the, and the, the finish was it was definitely very very creative. So shout out to that. Yeah. Um, so EO Sky winning uh, the briefcase. Uh, freaking love EO Sky. Freaking love the finish. Thought it was awesome. She's holding up that briefcase. Just that visual of her holding up the briefcase, and then Becky Lynch and Bailey are just handcuffed to the ladder and like, well, shoot, man, like I gotta. <laughs> it's like can someone unhandcuff me? Hey, like wh where where's the wh where's the guy with the key? Like what wh what's what are we doing here? <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to, so before I, I send this off to you, Brian, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give my tally here real quick. Um, and I know I've spoken about, you know, with regards to EO sky from the last episode in regards to who should be winning this money in the bank ladder match, but regard of outside of that, the match for the, at least towards the end of it, definitely picked up. It was definitely chaotic, but it was fun. The, yeah, yeah. the finish was very, very creative. And, you know, hey, a fan favorite won this freaking match. And, it, and and honestly, it's the least that they can do. Again, like I mentioned early on in the night from the booking freaking botch that they did early in the night. So with that being said, that women's ladder match is going to get a good for me. So, uh, Brian, your your tally and your thoughts in regards to this women's ladder match. Yeah, I thought it was a good match too, man. Um, you know, everybody performed really well. Uh, uh, you know, we had spoken about it before. I mean you know eo was my 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 pick from from jump but i i thought they were gonna go with becky man i, I really really did so definitely pleasantly surprised that eo did pull it off and yeah you're right the way the way the ending of the match just handcuffing them yeah. and literally climbing over bailey to get it um because if, if you know I, I maybe you mentioned it i can't remember but just like right before that bailey had knocked eo off the ladder um, yeah, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, she was gonna, you know, kind of retrieve it, you know, the first time. Um, so yeah, really, really good ending. Um, I think it's the right call uh, with EO winning the championship or winning the the Money in the Bank. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I gave this a, a good as well. So my tallies right now are uh, five good and one bad. Very nice, my man. Yeah, very, yeah, very, really very nice. Match. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, um, no, I, definitely I very entertaining. Trish her, like, I hope they don't just have her, like, cash it in, like, you know, fairly quick, have her lose, and bam, back to the end of the fucking line, man. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you, hey, you you and me both, bro. You you yeah. and me both. We're soon going to find out if if the rocket is really strapped to EO Sky. We're, we're definitely going to find out. I'm sure 
a story is going to be told with her and Bailey um, in, in regards to Bailey almost costing her the match of pushing her off that ladder. Um, so I'm sure there's a story going to be told there. So we'll see, man. Uh, but good for EO Sky. I know a lot of people wanted EO Sky to win this match, and boom, here she is holding this briefcase. Where she goes from here remains to be seen. So up next, we have the World Heavyweight title match. This was Sethington Rollins versus Finn Balor from the Judgment Day. Match time from bell to bell was 13 minutes in length. Uh, Seth Rollins, um, he's got his ribs taped. Not his entire stomach, but like the side of his ribs is like taped up with black tape, like black uh, tape or whatever. Um, Damian Priest comes out. Um, so for the most part, the match was, uh, the match was, it was, it was, it was, it was fine. It was, it was okay. Nothing that I haven't seen these two do in the ring before. Uh, but Damian Priest comes out guys. Yes. The Mr. Money in the bank, um, comes out with his briefcase. And now we're thinking, oh man, is, you know, is a, is a, is a cash in about to happen? Is Damian Priest about to do this right now? Um, as he's standing at ringside, uh, Rollins gets distracted so he's face-to-face -face with Damian Priest. Balor takes advantage. He hits him with not one, but two coup de gras um, onto the outside to Seth Rollins. So really taking advantage and injuring those injured ribs of Seth Rollins. Balor goes for a third coup de gras. Balor gets distracted with Damian Priest. I guess, I guess Damian just stands up out of his chair, and that was enough to get Balor distracted. Yeah. Um, Rollins takes advantage. He wins via one stomp, just the one stomp. Uh, to Finn Balor and Seth Rollins retains he uh, as he should. Um, if, you know, as I know, uh, and Brian, I know you spoke heavily about it from the last episode that you know Finn, you you were hoping that Finn was going to win and he should win. But like we also mentioned before, how they kind of put themselves into a pickle where you know Seth kind of he did just win this title and it would kind of take more prestige out of the World Heavyweight Championship if he were to just lose it in such a short period of time. Um, so Finn Balor, or excuse me, Seth Rollins winning this match um, definitely was the right call, but it's unfortunate for Finn Balor. But it seems like there's this, again, potential feud in the future when, in regards to Priest and Finn, as they're pretty much arguing over like a toxic couple <laughs> at, at ringside. Um, and Seth Rollins stands tall at, at the at the rampway. So... Brian, I'll let you start off, my man. Your thoughts about this World Heavyweight title match uh, between Rollins and Balor? Yeah, I thought the match was good, man. Um, even, you know, we've spoken about Finn Balor's kind of little character change here the last few weeks. Um, you know, he came out. The entrance, I thought, was really cool. The mask he's wearing now. Um, so, yeah, really, I mean, match was match was really good. Yeah, I think Balor, or I wish Balor would have won, but, you know, okay, he didn't. Um, I, I still think they're they're going to tell a, a really good story, and and this is going to involve all three of them. I think it'll be it'll involve Rollins. It'll be Rollins, Priest, and Balor. Um, you know, kind of. I, I don't know how they're going to work it out, but I expect all three of them to be kind of involved here. Um, so yeah, I, I give this match a good as well. Um, so you know, no 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 issue with it. Um, it was a good match. I, I'm just. The Rollins thing, and, and we've talked about it. Um, it just, uh, 
Ugh, that's that's all I can say about it. The good old <laughs> sing along, man. That good old sing along, that harmonization. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I'm I'm at the point, Brian, where like it, moving forward, I might just mute the freaking television. <laughs> like it's not even it's not even just the song. It, I feel like like I feel like if you were like okay, one of the people that like oh my god, the song is so awesome, we're gonna have to sing it for five minutes. Like yeah, what, like is it even like it's not even about Seth Rollins anymore. Like. It's just about the song. Like, like I, yeah. I, I don't know, like, a, a, and, a huge Seth Rollins fan. Like, could you tell uh-huh. me what his character is? Like, what, like, he's he's here one week, he's there one week, he's got some crazy outfits, he's he's kind of tones it down, then he's back to laughing crazy. Yeah. You can't really define it. Like, so, I mean, it, yeah. it seems like it's just the song for the song's sake. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's exactly what I've been what I've been saying about this character yeah. as well. Same as you, man. Like I, I've been so confused with this character for so long now. Ever since it's yeah. ever since he turned babyface, it had a place as a heel when he was feuding with Cody Rhodes in the Hell in the Cell. Right. But af- after that, man, it's just been it's just been a bunch of just what the fuck in regards to this in regards to this character and you're right in regards to the song it's just like to me and i've said this as well like the only reason to me that seth rollins is that over is just the song like if you take that out of his yeah. out of his arsenal and listen i understand you need to have catchy theme music you know sure. to get people sure. intrigued with you i get it but there's not but that's where it ends is just the song you know, like with Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock, like, yes, you had the cool badass song with Stone Cold. You had the glass shatter and the bumping of the theme music, but it was also the character that got you intrigued, right? right. We like Seth Rollins. We think he's a great talent. He's going to do every now and then he's going to put on some good stuff every once in a while. But again, that's just where it ends. There's nothing you really need to see Seth Rollins do in, yeah. in regards to what he's in. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of ties into my tally here in regards to that. This match, guys, and I respect the fact with the whole stuff with Finn. You know, it's been seven years. They try to make the connection with the whole SummerSlam stake of taking him out of action with injuring him. He had to relinquish the Universal title. I I, I get it. To me, man, this I, I said this about Gunther and Matt Riddle. I said this about the women's tag title match. And I'm going to say this now. This, to me, just felt like another match that I could have seen on a Monday Night Raw. And that's it, because I've seen these two face off for the United States Championship. I've seen these dudes face for this said title in the tournament. I've seen these dudes face a gazillion freaking times. So if you're going to do this match, you had to freaking, you know, do triple 10 times the freaking work to really make this special to really really make it special and to me it just didn't you know seth rollins wins the match and you know okay so again priest and balor are arguing at ringside but and look with priest and just i don't want to go back to this but i feel like i have to i like damian priest a lot we've spoken so highly about priest and how one day this dude is probably going to be world champion this dude is going to be a, a really solid star in this company by himself whenever that time is. But to me, him holding on to that briefcase to tell a story with Finn Balor in a split with the Judgment Day, if that's what you're doing, 
does not need Damian Priest to hold on to that freaking briefcase. It just L.A. Knight was the freaking guy to win that briefcase because he was the dude that was mega over. And Damian Priest holding on to that briefcase is no not that much more exciting than what you could have done with L.A. Knight and the buzz that you could have gotten the night after. People were going to talk about L.A. Knight. People were excited about L.A. Knight. But that's not the case. So match was the match was solid. There was nothing bad about the match. I'm not dis, I'm not saying the match was bad. Just because when I say a match is no better than a match on Monday Night Raw, I'm not saying it's a bad match. It's just that there was nothing that special about it. You know, sure. it's because I see I I've seen the same type of match that they faced off for the United States title when they fought in the tournament. I believe what was it, uh, Seth? against Finn Balor and one other person in a triple threat or whatever. I think it was with Cody Rhodes, maybe. Um, or f- whatever that freaking tournament was. I try to forget that stuff that happened in this in that freaking tournament. Um, but that's 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 just it, man. So I- I'm not going to put this in the ugly. I'm not going to be that freaking cruel. Um, but I can't I can't put it on myself to to give this a good. I I just I just can't, man. Yeah, um enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just I know, I know guys, I know. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are screaming at me. They're calling me a, you know, bunch of freaking whatever names. I know. I get you, man. I get you. But this is just my honest critique, man, you know. So, World Heavyweight Title match for me just goes into the bad. Um there just wasn't enough there just wasn't enough good in regards to, you know, because again, and also with Finn, and this is going to tie into this main event here, you know, the Bloodline Civil War. We're going to get into that in just a couple moments here. It kind of ties into that, like one stop, and Finn Balor's just done. Um, that so, like the fact that that like just one one stop and in the in match just kind of abruptly ends. Just wasn't a fan of that with Finn. I felt like you could have maybe you know take at least another at least another one of those finishers to make Finn Balor make feel more as such in that if that makes sense not overly expose the stop you know because again a finisher needs to feel like a finisher but Finn Balor also needs to feel like a like a legit freaking threat I mean he takes one freaking stop and then you know I mean he he delivered freaking three almost three coup de gras and then it was but Seth Rollins had enough you know urgence to get back up and deliver a stop but after one stop and Finn Balor can't kick it, can't can't kick out of it when I've seen so many people kick out of the stomp more than once. Um, so that aspect, it's just kind of weird to me. But um, but yeah, man. So so what do you think, Brian? Should we just jump into this main event? I mean, we've already gotten up to the main event. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, man. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's freaking do it, man. So um, but before we do get into that, let me just reveal what I have so far in my tallies. So right now I have. Four in the good, I have three in the bad, and yes, guys, I know it, it's it's that that's not a that's that's you're not seeing things that that is legit five uglies um, in that column. So this main event needs to legit hit a grand slam if if uh, at least for my board for my tallies to to really change the outcome of this pay per view. Does it? Well, let's find out. The Bloodline Civil War is your main event of this pay per view. You have the Usos. Versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Um, right out of the gate, freaking F you Roman chance. <laughs> freaking, again, the London crowd um, was just awesome all night. I said that from the beginning of this review. Freaking love this London crowd. They also sang, they also said another chant in regards to 
um it was like if you hate romans stand up <laughs> they were they like were harmonizing that i just couldn't understand what they were saying yeah that so. that's what that's what they were saying like if you okay. hate roman stand up and like some type of remix version of a maybe a, of a song that i just don't really know and they yeah. try to like make make up like you know remix the lyrics into that so i thought that was really funny and it got under roman's skin he's like looking around the crowd like you <laughs> so freaking love that man but yeah so right at this right from the jump um this match starts with jimmy and solo sokoa roman reigns demands to be tagged in um and solo obliges he makes the tag he's not happy about it but he makes the tag um so now it's jay in there with roman reigns the usos go for a double super kick roman reigns rolls out of the ring gets a little quick pep talk from paul Heyman, like trying to like you know it's like you know he's trying to take he's trying to you know take your reign as the head of the table. Like you're the head of the table. You, you know, right. all that whole little pep talk. I love that freaking shit that Paul Heyman does. Um, but yes. And then that's when Roman Reigns gets serious. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's in, he's in freaking God mode. He then, then, you know, he's ready to freaking rock. Um, so, so this turns the momentum, you know, from the Usos. Now the momentum is now shifted with Roman and solo Sokoa. Um, the Usos hit a double spear. Uh, a double spear to Roman Reigns in this match. Um, and of course, Roman Reigns kicks out. All four men later on in this match, they all just come to blows in the middle of the ring. Roman Reigns goes for a spear, but is met with a super kick to Jimmy Uso. Um, and then Jimmy Uso goes for an Uso splash. And Roman locks in the guillotine. Roman Reigns locks in the guillotine submission hold. Um, the referee gets knocked out of this match. I kind of saw that coming as well. They've done that type of spot a lot and i kind of had yeah. a feeling they were going to do that similar type of spot there as well um and i believe and then i think it, i believe it also came down to and correct me if i'm wrong uh brian my notes kind of ended there as i pretty much just watched the rest of this match because this was when i was actually really really getting into it i was i was into it from the start of it but this was when it was really was really getting good of like the aspect of where it would go here um roman reigns delivered a spear they, uh, I believe it was Jay Uso that kicked out, or maybe it was Jimmy Uso. It was obviously, of course, one of the two. As he kicks out, freaking, they low blow freaking Roman. As he kicks out, he low blows right in freaking Roman's how you doings um, yeah. as the referee is getting back into the ring. Um, and yeah, man, so... But yeah, again, man, I don't have, I, I legit guys stopped taking notes after this freaking, after legit that moment. So I, I want to say, uh, Brian, help me out here, man. I actually pretty much no, already I, forgot. Because there was at one point where he like, remember, you know, he like stacked them on top of each other. So he was pinning. Yes, yes. They yeah. stack, uh, both of the Usos are stacked on top of one another. Yeah, they yeah. both kick out. Roman Reigns has this facial expression. Paul Heyman is freaking gold on, on rinks. <laughs> you see is, Paul man. Heyman's expression every time. He's just like, I don't know if he practices these facial expressions like in the mirror. Like, it's just fucking awesome, man. Uh, it really, really is. But uh, pretty much, man, uh, when it's all said and done, uh, Roman Reigns gets a super kick. Well, Solo Sokoa was looking to take out Jimmy Uso uh, through the announce table. They take off the announce table, goes for a, a Samoan splash on top of the table. Uh, Jimmy Uso sidesteps it and Solos go straight through the table and Roman's like, oh shit. And that's just when it becomes two on one at that point as Solo was out of the equation. Uh, super kick for good measure. Jay Uso tags, he goes for the Uso splash. And guys, 
Roman Reigns gets pinned by eight by Jay Uso. Jay Uso pins him for the one, the two, and three. And the Usos win this match and they defeat Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns takes the pinfall. And Brian, we spoke about that yesterday, man. We we had a feeling that they this part of the story that's where they would could lead to where the next part of the story is to where you know he hasn't been he hasn't been pinned for some so many amount of days well he just got no pinned more. tonight against yep. against Jey Uso um as the Usos win the Usos win this match they stand tall Roman Reigns is like sitting on the he's sitting on the floor by the ring like right outside the ring and this dude is just freaking just furious man he's furious he's also in tears like he's about to melt down Solo Soko is pretty much just still half unconscious by the by the announce table. Um, and yeah, man, the Usos stand tall and they win the Civil War, I guess. Question mark yeah, <laughs> of, of where this goes. They, they've won round one. <laughs> they've won round, they've won the battle. They've won yeah, round one yeah. of the battle of this civil war. So right. the Usos stand tall. Um, and money in the bank goes off the air. So Brian, I'll let you start, my man. Your thoughts on this civil war with the bloodline? Uh, fantastic as usual, man, from everybody involved. Um, uh, I, I, good way to end the match. Good, e even storytelling, even down to the fact that, you know, while it might be a minute detail, it, just the fact that it's Jay, the, the one that pinned him, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, all of it. And, and, you know, from what the, the Usos had mentioned on SmackDown, you know, uh, hinting that they had been talking to the rest of the bloodline. Um, and if if Roman was to be pinned, then maybe he shouldn't be uh, tribal chief anymore. So uh, obviously there's going to continue, you know, this, you know, maybe dropping seeds of uh, Solo, you know, taking over that role. But um, between now and then, man, you know, I, I thought maybe it could have happened here at Money in the Bank with, introducing a you know a rikishi or or just somebody else in the bloodline but mark my words man between now and and the rumble or now in SummerSlam, yeah somebody else is is getting thrown into the mix here um so yeah it, it's it, I, i'm i'm intrigued and excited to see where where this is going to lead now that he's been pinned and now it, it seems like we're going to get and then see maybe a few more on screen, you know, bloodline members uh, here upcoming. So, yeah, really looking forward to it, man. And for yeah, that, because no. of that reason, because of, of what it's leading into, yeah, I gave it two goods, man, so the, for the match and, you know, just for the continuation of the story overall. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and 100% and with you. Um, no doubt. It was just refreshing, you know, after. Again, man, just the beginning of the night was just such a was just such a was just such a freaking blow, man, in regards to L.A. night. Um, it was just it really took a damper out of, I'm sure, a lot of people in regards to wanting to see L.A. night get that moment. And it kind of sucked the life out of a lot of wrestling fans. But, hey, at least coming, you know, going off the air, we got semblance of good. And what better way to do that than with the bloodline in this civil war? Um, so yeah, man. So it seems like, and we talked about this, uh, just yesterday in regards to where this is going in regards to, it seems like, you know, it now Roman reigns, whether it, I'm guessing it's going to be SmackDown that he's going to blame solo Sokoa 
for, for him getting pinned. And now we're going to see Roman Reigns be that much more furious. And this is where I think Roman Reigns is going to start to really, really, really lose it to where now it's going to yeah. be Solo Sokoa that he's going to take his frustration out on. And Solo Sokoa, man, he's going to get that freaking that Samoan spike freaking ready to the freaking deliver Roman Reigns to it. As you know, Solo is going to be another member from the bloodline that is going to be that is going to be out. Um, and then and that's going to leave Paul Heyman. And it's just one by one, man. That seems like what the story in regards to Roman is leading to. One by one, they are going to freaking leave Roman Reigns. And by the time Roman Reigns has that big, that big uh, championship match of defending those titles, he's not going to have anybody in this corner. And that's the downfall of Roman Reigns in this tribal chief, this tribal chief character. Yeah. Um, you know, going, go, you know, moving forward, and at least for the the longevity of things here. Um, but no doubt, man, this was definitely a solid. It was refreshing to see um, the Usos. I, I I can't praise the Usos enough, man. You know, Brian, I know you, you have the British Bulldogs, you have the Road Warriors Demolition, you have the Heart Foundation. Um, but man, for me, and I know a lot of people at my age and for my generation, man, you know, it's, it's the Usos and rest in peace to Jay, to Jay Briscoe. It was also the Briscoe brothers. Um, the Usos, man, are just like, they're, I, I always, I always tend to appreciate the Usos every time they come out there. I I really, truly do. Um, just the way they cut promos, the way that they, they're, the way they do their shtick. Uh, I just appreciate it more and more every time I see them. I, I really, truly do. So more, m- more, much more props to to Jimmy and, and Jay Uso in, in regards to that. Um, but I liked how the pace was slowed down as well. Um, definitely got a little chaotic, I will say. I, that's why I can't really give it two goods in regards to that. But definitely a good for sure. Um, but de- but no doubt, man. I mean, and this will definitely lead into a lot of questions, and we'll see. Where Solo and Roman Reigns lies now, um, and and yeah. how this story and how this story is told, you know, do are more members going to be added into this? Um, we, we we shall soon find out. You know, where does Paul Heyman lie in all this? He cut a really emotional promo before uh, Money in the Bank went on the air. Um, I believe it was in the pre-show just a few minutes before Money in the Bank started. So I'm sure you're going to see a lot more Paul Heyman moving forward as well. One Solo Sokoa, as we, I think we pretty much expected, Brian, at this point, that Solo Sokoa is going to turn on Roman um, at some point because we know yeah, that Roman yeah. is going to blame because that's what it seems like it's leading to. And who knows? Maybe it's something completely different. But I mean, if we can put two and two together, you know, I think that that's mainly where they're going to go. And, you know, listen, I know I've said it as well that about Solo that I think that he, his, his character fits better as a heel. But, you know, the way that everything has been done in regards to the bloodline, um, I, I fully trust everybody in regards to making it work. And I'll give yeah. it a chance. I'll give Solo, I'll give babyface Solo Sokoa uh, a chance, uh, at least in regards to the finishing this, uh, this storyline. But, uh, but yeah, man, so let me go ahead to finish everything off here. As today, uh, we are also going to be revealing... Uh, our top five wrestlers of the week. We didn't do that last episode. So as we wrap up this review here, we will give you guys those honorable mentions and those top fives before we end the show here. But let me go ahead and reveal uh, my tallies. And before I do so, man, and I know this is going to be a very, very ugly freaking tally, but look, man, I, I love, I love professional wrestling. I, I really, really do. And I, 
I, I just, at the end of the day, guys, whatever you guys want to call me, whatever you guys want to say about me, if I'm being harsh, if I'm being mean, I just want to see this product get better because I know what it's capable of doing. The bloodline is a, is an extreme example of that as well as some things here and there, like the, even shoot the freaking backlash pay-per-view and how from, from start to finish, you know, it just felt like a really fun pay-per-view and how we should just, we should be getting more of that, right? We should be getting more type of pay-per-view feels like we did with, and again, more, much more props to that London crowd as well, because I'll, I'll be honest with you too, Brian, if it wasn't for that London crowd, man, it just, I feel like it wouldn't have been as special. You know what I mean? Sure. It just, yeah. there was just something about this London crowd that just brought another life into the show and more Absolutely. props to them. So, and with all that being said, as good as the, as the, the main event was as good as it was to see EO sky, take that briefcase and the finish and everything. And all that was, it was, was solid as good as fun. It was, it was good to see John Cena, and all that fun and all that stuff, right? And, and as good as these matches were to an extent, however, that did not change the outcome of this tally. So as you can see there, guys, my final tally, as I have it right up here, I have five in the good. I have 11 in the bad. As you can see, all of those uglies get crossed off into two bads for these final tallies. So that is 11 in the bad over five in the good. So... Again, man, you can you can like it, you can dislike it. That's totally fine. But from my honest perspective, putting bias aside, WWE Money in the Bank, July first, twenty twenty three, was just was a bad show. I'm sorry. Um, and I know I know people are going to have a different perspective, and that's totally fine. You know, we all have different minds, and I know at the end of the day, too, Brian. You know, we all like professional wrestling. We all want to see it get better. And we all have different perspectives of how we feel about things. And that's totally fine. Um, but this is just, you know, my honest critique about it. And that's it, man. So, Brian, man, your final thoughts about this pay-per-view and, and your final tallies, my man. Yeah, my, my border will look a little different than, than yours. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just yeah. Uh, really my only disappointment was the fact that L.A. Knight didn't win. But, you know, like like I talked about, like, the story within the Judgment Day and Damian Priest, I'm okay with that one too. Um, you know, yeah, it's if we if we get to next Friday and there's you know they ain't shit for LA night, then I mean, yeah, that's that's a fucking problem for sure. Um, but really, that was my only my only drawback to the night. Um, so I actually got seven. No, what do I got? Eight goods and one bad. Um, and my only bad being. The Cody and Dobb match, and, and it wasn't even because of the match or the performance itself. I, I just feel like it's it's the one, it, it's the one storyline that just doesn't doesn't really fit, doesn't make sense, doesn't isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that that was my only drawback to it. Um, other than other than that, um, I mean, I thought it was a pretty decent night for what it was. I mean, Money in the Bank is never one of the you know, it's not one of the major pay-per-views. Um, I think yeah. they nailed it with EO Sky, so that's that's good. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see where where we go from here, heading into um, SummerSlam. Yeah, man, and that and there it is, Brian or guys. You know, me and Brian disagree on stuff. Trust me, we don't always <laughs> we don't always agree on stuff, man. But hey, but this is why I also have Brian here. You know, to give 
not just me different perspectives on, on, on things, but to give the audience different perspective on things of, you know, how people want to feel. So, you know, if, if you guys agree with Brian and you disagree with me, Hey, that's totally fine, man. That That's totally fine. But that's why I have Brian here, man. You know, he comes from, you know, a different, a different era of wrestling and, you know, and he's, he's just as knowledgeable as I am about it. So, and, and of course we both have that same love and passion for wrestling to see this get better, but Hey man, I love the board. Love the, love the board. Um, and yeah, man, that is another good, the bad and the ugly in the book. So before we get off of here, before we end the show, it is time to go over our top five wrestlers of the week. So if you guys are new to these uh, top five wrestlers of the week list, allow me to demonstrate the rules. So of course, every single superstar, WWE, AEW, New Japan, and Impact Wrestling as well. They are all free game. It doesn't matter. You are free game when it comes to being on this list. We put personal bias aside. We put all that stuff behind. We make it. We try to make fun out of it. And you know, we 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 give these. Uh, we we dissect these lists to see who's got the momentum, who's got the hot hand, and all that fun stuff. And obviously, it always changes week to week. So we discussed this before uh, before we got on here, Brian. So I think we'll. I guess we'll change it up a little bit. I guess I'll go ahead and start. You know, we'll, we'll change we things up a little bit here. So I'll go ahead and give you guys my honorable mentions and my top five. So my first two honorable mentions that I have is Tony D'Angelo and Stax. <laughs> Shocker, right? I mean, these guys have been on my honorable mentions for a while now. I just love the story, Brian, that they're telling uh, as well as with Galagas um, being a part of it. I, I just like them getting away from the arena and getting away from the ring, just the creativity. I just love it, man. Um, and it just suits the characters like the Italian freaking character with stacks and freaking Tony D'Angelo. Um, I just freaking, I just freaking like it a lot. It's something that's uh, original, something we haven't really seen in a while. Um, so I like that stuff, man. I, I really, really do. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what these guys have to offer in regards to how, where this goes in regards to their story. Uh, my next honorable mention is Hangman Adam Page. Um, in regards to the tag match that he had with Dark Order, and we don't see this a lot in AEW wrestling. We really don't. Um, that's the the facial expressions and the mannerisms that he was giving off in regards to, you know, facing the Dark Order. You know that he's he's kind of in a rock and a hard place with the elite and with the dark order. And I understand, man, with like with the dark order, they're pretty much a shell of what they once was with Brody Lee. I completely get it. Some people don't even care about the dark order. Some people don't even care about this tag match and that's totally fine. But I just appreciate the storytelling aspect of that match. And it got me watching it more invest, more invested into it. Cause I actually wasn't that into it going into the match, but as I was watching it and I'm watching him man Adam page, he looks conflicted. And like, oh my man, man, that's that's good storytelling, man. Like, we need more of that shit on Wednesday nights, bro. Um, so I like that stuff, man. So shout out to Hangman Adam Page um, for telling the story and just, you know, again, bringing another layer that I didn't expect going into the match. So props to Hangman Adam Page for that. Uh, my next honorable mention is Baron Corbin. Uh, Baron Corbin bringing back the lone wolf gimmick. Um, you know, again, I know people may, may or may not be a fan of the lone wolf, lone wolf gimmick. That's totally fine. Um, I think, you know, to me, and I'm sure, you know, for a lot of people, if you're using logic and common sense, as well as previous history, this character just suits him better. 
Um, and it always has been. I mentioned that just a couple days ago. Um, I wouldn't necessarily had him lose as the lone wolf character. I would have had him just lose being regular, you know, Baron Corbin and then re-debuting with the lone wolf character. But still, it was the talk of, of this week of the lone wolf being back and Baron Corbin deserves his praise. The match with Carmelo Hayes was also dang solid. Yeah. Um, so Baron Corbin, he, hey, deserves his flowers. <laughs> Who would have thunk it, Brian? Baron Corbin would be in my honorable mentions. When, when, if, I w- if you would have told me that you were, I was going to have Baron Corbin in my honorable mentions uh, in the next couple of weeks, I would have thought you were fucking nuts. Yeah, well, right, here we right. are, yeah. <laughs> right? So, hey, so shout out to Baron Corbin. He deserves all of his flowers and then some. And my final, my final honorable mention is L.A. Knight. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, man, I obviously I've spoken so highly with for justified reasons and very passionately about how I'll just frustrated I am with with L.A. Knight, uh, not for him, just the, this fucking company booking this dude, right, just right. not giving him the ball. And this was the time and place to give him the ball. However, this dude remains the, the most over performer, the most over talent in professional wrestling today. And if he would have won that briefcase, he would have been in this list. He would have been, man. He really would have been. But unfortunately, he didn't. But still, the dude is the dude is still over with the crowd. I'm sure you're going to get some pops and some cheers. But still, the fact that he did not win that freaking briefcase just really diminished me putting him in this top five. But still, LA Knight, LA Knight deserves his freaking flowers. And you're, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more of LA Knight uh, in the near future. Now, let me get to my top five itself. Uh, at number five, I have Bianca Belair. Uh, Bianca Belair, she did a trem- she's been doing a tremendous job once again. You know, looks like she's finally. It looks like we're getting hints of that heel persona of Bianca Belair now. Um, taking out both Oscar and Charlotte. Thank God Charlotte did not win that freaking title this freaking yesterday. Um, you know, again, but still, we still pretty much expect Charlotte to win that said title. But for this week, man, Bianca Belair, she felt as such the face-off with Charlotte Flair and her just just pretty much just delivering a punch straight into her mug just felt like the old-school NXT Bianca Belair, and I freaking like that. Um, however, in regards to the situation that she's in is a different story. But finally, Bianca Belair is starting to finally feel as such. She kind of needs this, man. Even with her title reign, when she held the title for 400-some-odd days, Nothing about the title reign was memorable. It just wasn't. It, the booking was horrible. The booking of this women's division overall, if your name's not Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch, has been fucking awful. But finally with Bianca, we're starting to finally give glimmer of, you know, some captiv- captivation, you know, with, with this character and with this heel persona. Where it goes remains to be seen. Number four, I have EO Sky. EO Sky winning that freaking briefcase tonight. She deserves to be. This was her... This was her night to win that briefcase, and she deserves that number four slot. Um, I like I like EO. Again, hopefully, hopefully, Brian, this is just for her not to pull an Otis. You know, Otis won that briefcase. You know, Otis was actually, what, one point over, and he lost that freaking briefcase to The Miz and some stipulation or whatever the fuck. I hope, hopefully, that's not the case with freaking EO Sky, or she cashes it in and freaking loses the match. Um, hopefully, that's just not the case at all, man. But, hey. At least for today, um, EO Sky, you know, wins this briefcase and tonight is her night. A lot of people are going to be talking about her uh, in the next couple of days throughout this weekend. 
and 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 much and, and well deserved. Um, she is a tremendous talent. And and hey, man, two females in my top five as well. I mean, again, I like these females, man. It just sucks how poorly booked these women have been. And now, and, and it's so refreshing to see two women in my top in my top five, man. It's really really cool to see as well. Um, and these next three people shouldn't be a shock. At number three, I have Solo Sokoa. Um, Solo Sokoa has been pretty much the talk as well in regards to turning on Roman. He's probably going to turn on Roman. The match, of course, being involved with the Civil War just played his part tremendously um, and everything else as a whole. Uh, Solo Sokoa deserves his praise. He deserves his flowers uh, for everything he's done with the storyline in, in regards to the bloodline. And at number two, I have Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns, again, no, shouldn't be a shocker either. Um, just everything this dude does turns and just touches to gold, um, putting on a tremendous match. I just wish this dude, I don't understand why the dude is holding the title. The dude hasn't defended the title in four months. Don't know why he needs to be holding on to it, but, oh, James, it's to pass freaking Hulk Hogan. And yep, no, that's the problem. Motherfucker. That's the only reason. Um, but outside of that, there's no reason why Roman should hold on to the title, but outside of that, man. He continues to deliver, and he is, continues to be that damn good. And at number one, the number one wrestler for this week is the Usos. Uh, the Usos are at the number one slot. I mean, hey, they freaking pin Roman Reigns, bro. Jay Uso <laughs> pin Roman right. Reigns. I mean, if that doesn't get you in the number one slot in the regards to momentum deal, right? with the storyline, I don't know what we're doing, <laughs> yeah. right? So the Usos, both of them, um, just the crowd singing their entrance, the London entrance, they just – Everything about the Usos, like I mentioned early on, they just everything about them. I just appreciate them more and more and more every time they come out there, and they continue to remind me, at least for my in the modern era, that they continue to prove to be the best damn tag team uh, in this modern era today. So, um, and that is my top five. At number five, I have Bianca Belair. At number four, I have Io Sky. At number three, I have Solo Sokoa. At number two is Roman Reigns. And at number one, I have. The Usos, the ones, the Usos. Right, right. Solid. All right, Solid Brian. Lit. So that is my top five. And now, my man, it is your turn for your honorable mentions and, and your top five, man. The floor is yours. Take it away. So I had to go a little bit of a different route with my honorable mentions here because uh, this first one, I mean, really, he's a mainstay in the top five. I, I just, I'm trying to get somebody else in there. So my first honorable mention <laughs> is Roman Reigns. I mean, <laughs> what can you say about the guy? I mean, he he's been money for years. So, uh, you know, we can we can pretty much just say, um, you know, he he's already he's always he's got an honorable spot within the top five. Always, yeah, so, uh-huh. yeah, um, absolutely. From there, I'm gonna go Finn Balor. Um, I, I like this new um, edge he has in his character. I thought I thought he had a good match uh, last night with Seth. Um, I am looking forward to uh, whatever beef or power struggle is, is going to happen here within Judgment Day. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, another one I have is going to be two of them, both Starks, Ricky Starks and um, oh gosh, now I forget her name. Uh, Zoe Starks. Zoe Starks. Ricky Zoe Starks. And Zoe yeah. Starks. Man, um, you know Ricky Starks in that uh, in that eight was yeah eight man tag. You know this this past week, um, I, I thought he really stood out in that match for what it was. Um, he looked really really good. Uh, you know we've talked about him before. I mean the the guy is a star. Um, uh, hopefully he gets pushed pushed as such. 
Um, and Zoe Stark, um, man, I, th- I think she's been doing really good stuff with Trish. And last night in the yeah. in the Money in the Bank match, um, she did really good, man. And 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 she was the one yeah, receiving end on probably the yeah. the worst bump of the of that match. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it took it like a champ, and um, she's been looking really good. So I'll Absolutely. give her um, uh, an honorable honorable mention. And then my last two, uh, Shayna Baszler and Ruby Soho. Um, Baszler for the turn, you know, was just really out of left field. Didn't see it coming. But a feud with her and Ronda, yeah, that that could be really, really good. And uh, Ruby Soho, um, she had a decent little match. Uh, I guess it was that on Dynamite, I guess. Um, yeah, it was Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but and the, the promo, promo that she cut, yeah. really, uh, is, is what caught my attention. Um it was just a really, really good promo. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where she goes from there. Uh, but now getting into my top five, I got uh, Sola Sokoa, number five. Um, you know, they're they're obviously teasing this, this turn with Solo where, you know, who's going to be tribal chief and all that. Um, he delivered in the match. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough about any of the people in the bloodline. They're all freaking nailing it. Um, what, what can you say? Uh, my number four is L.A. Knight. Um, you know, even though he lost, you know, the match, he's still, man, I would say outside of outside of Roman and the Usos, uh, MJF and Cody and maybe Seth, this guy is probably the more over than any other person in professional wrestling right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's still, you know, he mm-hmm. lost the match, but he's still, he, he's getting just as big as pop as any wrestler right now in, in the industry. So he's doing something right. Um, my number three is going to be Damian Priest. Um, mainly really, I just put him over LA Knight because he did win money in the bank. Uh, I, I think he's been doing really good stuff within the judgment day, you know, and I mentioned this before, um, before the show, like, yeah, I wanted LA Knight to win. I, I think he still should have win, should have won. Um, but Damien, you know, winning it, you know, it's, I, I'm okay with it. It's, it, it definitely could have been a lot worse. So I'm still okay with him winning that. Uh, my number two is the genius of the sky, EO Sky. Man, number uh, two. Yeah, okay. I got her in my number two, man. Like, really, she's been doing fantastic shit for months. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you know, just while while as I'm, I'm disappointed with the LA Knight thing and, and I feel like WWE is not, you know, kind of listening to its audience and at least in this, in this aspect, in this match, uh, I mean, it, there, there was a, there's a few people you could have made a case for, but I, I think it's, it was EO's time to win it, man. Um, she's been on fire, uh, her win in the match. Um, yeah, just fantastic. And you know, whether it pans out this way, it will, it remains to be seen. But now that she has money, or she has the money in the bank briefcase, if she does not fight Asuka, 
with the you know for the title like don't don't give me this shit like where charlotte wins it and then eo fights charlotte no it's fucking asuka and eo like Mm -hmm. book that shit now man um your lips to god's ears my friend (laughs) uh so yeah she's my number two kudos to her for for winning that money in the bank and yeah i'm with you my number one how can it be anybody other man uh you know roman reigns not having been pinned in three years yeah jay gets the pin uh chaos within the bloodline you know so absolutely they those guys and you have mentioned it before where like yeah i've seen you know older tag teams um and i was thinking about it the other day like i you know really got to sit down and think about tag teams but they for sure at least are in my Mount Rushmore now of tag teams. Like, absolutely. Like, the body of work that they've put together, yep, for sure, man. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know where they'd be in there, but they're, they're in the top four. Very, very nice, man. Very, very nice. Let, let, me, let me give you a nice little applause, man. Very nice list. Very nice list indeed well that is gonna do it guys for today's episode thank you guys so much for tuning in thank you guys so much for tuning into this review this was the good the bad and the ugly for wwe money in the bank um in regards to the monday night raw review um for this coming week we will keep you guys posted in regards uh to that of course we will stick with uh, collision as well as aw dynamite for this coming thursday um and of course we will stick to friday night smackdown for saturday um in, in regards to uh this week but like as but like as always make sure you guys hit that notification bell make sure you guys do not miss a single episode uh moving forward so again tremendous um tremendous review as always man um like i said regardless of how we feel Regardless if we rant or we praise a freaking segment, we always love coming on uh, to this uh, in front of this camera, in front Absolutely. of this uh, this microphone and always, you know, shooting the shit uh, with each other and shooting the shit with you guys. Uh, so, you know, thank you guys again for always tuning in and tuning into this episode. Again, make sure you guys join us on our social medias. Make sure you join our Facebook group. That is Rootless Talk. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is Rootless underscore talk. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on there. We create a lot of fun content over there. And of course, you know, stay tuned for more episodes to come. Brian, your final thoughts, my man, before we end the show. Yeah, man. So, you know, money in the banks in the rear view now. Uh, you know, we got a, a couple new, we'll, we'll see where they go with Priest and Neo Sky. Um, you know, they're, they're giving them the money in the bank, man. Like, so fucking make it worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? Um Absolutely. And as always, uh, we'll see, the, man. the bloodline's going to deliver. <laughs> so, right, that's right. Oh yeah, we know that they're going to deliver, man. You know, there's, it's like, <laughs> it always, you know, the sun comes out, the the sky is blue, the grass is green, and the bloodline is going to deliver the freaking storyline, man. So, yep. but yeah, look, people got what they wanted with EO, Damian Priest remains to be seen of where that goes, but with EO Sky, you know, the fans got what they wanted, but moving forward, where does it lead to? remains to be seen. So thank you guys for tuning in. That's going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody.